0: where a couple of midwest women cultivate a community at the DD table i'm katie
1: and i'm soren this week in the rose garden we're talking about role play hang on it's not what you think we're going to talk about role playing in DD. we're going to talk about how to role play what even is role play some of the good and bad that comes with role play
0: yeah so to start off just like talking about our initial impressions when we first started with D and D and the word role play, um, I know when Sam came to me initially and said, "Let's try to do this thing," and he, I don't even, I don't even know if he mentioned the word role play for what it is, but sure. I understood that role playing was a thing that happened within it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'd played like RPGs like video game rpgs but i don't even think in playing that i registered the word role play well
1: you're not in charge of of doing whatever the character does or like dialoguing in their cutscenes and stuff like you just witness it right
0: right um so my first impression with role play honestly like our trailer when we say like what do you mean role-play? Like, <laughs> I, that, I think, was my genuine reaction to <laughs> the fact that we were playing a role-playing game.
1: hmm I think when we... When I, when I did that first campaign, um, I knew that I was going to be around a table of all a bunch of my theater friends. And so I don't know that there was, like, an initial, like, oh, we're going to be role-playing. I think when I went into it... There was this like okay who's gonna who's who's gonna just go for it. Yeah, and so I kind of like waited. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my initial reaction to role playing was like we do this all the time in rehearsal, but it was kind of like a I'm not going to go first, you go first, like that kind of thing. And uh-huh. then a couple of the players in the party were like seasoned enough that they were just like, "Come on, kids."
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it wasn't as scary, but yeah. Right. Um so I think in general, and I mean, we've brought a couple of people, at least in our current group, that ELLERON campaign, mm-hmm. um, Emily was relatively new to the mm-hmm. idea of role-playing. And I remember when we brought her in to Grant's campaign, her initial hesitation, Emily hit me up if I'm wrong, but the, the initial hesitation, I remember... St- it being like, role, I'm not going to be good at that. Like, that's mm-hmm. not my... That's not that's where a very I common, thrive. A very common response. Right. Um, so, I feel like role-playing is probably the largest barrier to entry when it comes to getting somebody else into D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing how to do it, thinking they'll be bad at it, mm-hmm. uh, those kinds of things. So... Just to kind of, like, begin, I want to get into, like, some basics of <laughs> role-playing and, like, how to and why and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, in no particular order, some things that initially come to mind for me, if somebody were to come up to me and say, like, but how do? <laughs> um, <laughs> how How role play what <laughs> do we <laughs> question mark i honestly like the first thing that comes to mind for me in a, a how do role play is like two big things the first one being like you have to be brave and just like make some choices hmm So you have to come to the table with a certain amount of bravery to start with.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: And I think the second part, the second big pillar is, I mean, it goes hand in hand. I've already kind of said it is like personality choices you have to make some personality choices mm-hmm. about your character mm-hmm. and within that understanding their motivations and their fears mm-hmm. the things that cause them to say things or make decisions um those are like the two i think biggest pieces of deciding you're gonna do a role play mm-hmm. is being brave enough to do it mm-hmm. being brave enough to make the choice mm-hmm. And knowing why you're making the choice, mm-hmm. being informed by personality traits, motivations, and fears,
1: mm-hmm. and really that it becomes a um, a character study because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. You're you're basically trying to turn yourself into another human, as we've like mm-hmm. talked about in in our previous episodes with like trying on different personality traits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the basics. For me would also be within that realm with the having the bravery to do it because I think that outside of the adding someone else's wants, fears, goals into your own psyche is the just doing it Mm -hmm. because what is... And, you know, it's different for everybody, but often, like, what is the scariest thing about playing a game with your friends is, like, being the singled out one that sure. looks stupid. Right. And and that can be, like you said, a very large barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. So um, whatever, like, the, the bravery is... Uh, I I would... (laughs) Whoa, sentences. (laughs) The bravery is absolutely the pillar. And I think, like, a shade within that is, like, doing whatever you need to do so that, like, you are comfortable with the table you're at. So, like, it's a lot easier to be brave with like people that you at least trust right so sometimes you can't control who's at your table right and there might be just a little bit more bravery you need to pull forward right um but sometimes you get lucky enough to be with a table who is very um welcoming and encouraging and so i i hope that everyone can find that table so that they can play around with it and mm-hmm. mess with it um i guess this isn't really this isn't a basic but um yeah, no, I guess it would be a basic. It's um, being willing to try again.
0: Oh, sure. And yeah.
1: um, being okay with failing mm-hmm. because there'll be plenty of times that you like mess it up. You get mad at yourself because you didn't like do it in line with your character. But sure. but just giving up because you didn't do it right the one time is not necessarily going to help you. <laughs> well,
0: and I would even go so far as to say that there's like not a wrong choice. Right. You can't, you can't, like you have to almost let go of the idea of messing up mm-hmm. because they're like nobody has a script mm-hmm. like nobody's trying to follow an absolute yeah so you know if you make a character choice if you make a choice a role-playing choice in character that after the fact you feel like mm, I don't align. think that quite aligned that was a little bit of Katie showing through mm-hmm. instead of prim Um you can either choose to find a way to make that choice fit. Like mm-hmm. maybe this is a different layer of Prim's personality that I had not considered. Mm-hmm. Or you could also like come back to your DM and say like, Hey, I think I'd like to retcon this decision. It just mm-hmm. like after the fact doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might be able to help you either find a way to make it work because right. it's not something that can be retconned right. or being like, yeah, sure, we'll let's, say that that went this that. way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. Um,
0: and uh, one of the things, honestly, I mean, we talked about how that first character is oftentimes an idealized version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason that is is because if it's just you, there there's are less. Not a lot of, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, they're like less confusing choices. Yeah, there's it's, a lot less thinking. Right, it's mm-hmm. just yourself, which is where like our first party started Mm -hmm. was these like cartoonish um characterized versions of ourselves right but that still had that moment where we were sitting in the living room and had to kind of forcefully jump into role-playing do it (laughs) um it the the if you can make your character as not complex as possible that Mm -hmm. first one Mm -hmm. it makes that role playing a little bit easier absolutely um and from there like we already talked about how both of us watch and listen to actual play i think that's the the second tier of understanding how to role play Mm -hmm. is just watching other people do it
1: yeah and i think um like Critical Role, Dimension Twenty, uh, listening to podcasts too, like actual play podcasts. Those are all helpful, and I personally am obsessed with like Game Changer Shorts on YouTube, oh, sure. um, because. That is all I mean, also, what is role-playing in DD if not like a big improv game? Mm-hmm. Because like you said earlier, like there is no script. Yeah. So um you are just pulling all of that shit out your ass. <laughs> and those game changer prompts are so I mean, they're they're witty, they're they're stupid, they're funny, but they are so poignant and like specific mm-hmm. that you really have to like shove your noggin into it. So it's right. like a very watered down very like bite-sized version of a character right so i think those can also be like maybe watch something like that and like Mm -hmm. take the prompt yourself and Mm -hmm. like practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) in doing stuff like that
0: i got very different things from because i said like i listened to the adventure zone Mm -hmm. first right and then went to critical role from there and I got very different things from the Adventure Zone versus Critical Role. Yeah, their
1: role-playing is very different. It is
0: very different, and it's also curated. Mm, So mm -hmm. the Adventure Zone is edited. They edit out a lot of dead space, Mm -hmm. as you do in podcasting, because you don't want to lose the listener after so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is also a lot of people's barrier to entry with Critical Role, is that their episodes are, like, four hours long, because Mm -hmm. it's an actual game that they don't Mm -hmm. edit. But because of that, I got very different things. Um, I got the like witty, punchy role playing can be fun and goofy from the Adventure Zone. Mm -hmm. But from Critical Role, I got the dead air that Mm -hmm. I miss in the Adventure Zone. Obviously Critical Role can be goofy and funny, but they also have mm-hmm. some very serious moments. So mm-hmm. I got to see that side of role playing. Mm-hmm. But I got to see the I, I got to see the thinking that happens in between.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta see the processing mm-hmm. of them like getting ready to make those decisions.
0: And one of the interesting things to watch is, and if you haven't done this, I encourage you to do this. When you're watching <laughs> Critical Role, if you watch Critical Role. Watch one of the characters that is not actively in a scene mm. or n- not actively in combat. Mm-hmm. Watch them make their choices because they're they're making those choices while the other people are going. Mm-hmm. Um, my one of my favorite ones. I think the one that you can see it most readily is Liam O'Brien. You can see him kind of making his choices while he's. He's very listening. strategic in um, his play, and it comes through like in his characters too. Totally, yeah. totally. So, i i if if you are somebody who's like, uh, in a game and struggling to role play, or is feeling like role playing is keeping you from a table altogether, mm-hmm. i if the the bravery of just doing it is kind of too much at the moment, I would encourage you to find a podcast or, uh, watch an actual play table. Mm-hmm. Um, there are perhaps thousands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we've mentioned dimension 20 critical role, NadPod, the adventure zone. These mm-hmm. are like some of the big ones. Right? right. Right. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, Twitch
1: streamers I, who Twitch are, streamers. are streaming. I mean, we have our friend, uh, our friend Caden will, we'll insert sure, sure, sure. his podcast well, on here. Laura Lynn. Yes, we also have Laura Lynn, and they do actual play streams. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just finding—you could probably hop on Twitch at any time of the day, right? And you could probably find an actual tape play and going.
0: The reason I I say like I mentioned those smaller ones is also because Critical Role are professional voice actors, right? Who have been playing at the same table for literally a decade. A decade. Um, the adventure zone, those are brothers, brothers and their dad, and they all know each other, they know and each other and intrinsically, and they're at this point professional actual play, yeah podcasters. yes, yeah, um, so if those are very valuable, they've been valuable to both of us, yeah, I think if you're like, I'd like to see something that is not professional, like quote or is unquote like closer to my skill level right. or you
1: know like a little more attainable right off the bat, yeah, yeah.
0: I I mean, you can find, like I said, thousands of Mm -hmm. those podcasts or uh, Twitch streams or whatever. Yeah. Um, And that just might be helpful to kind of give you a glimpse into what it looks like or what it sounds like for somebody to be doing that. So with all of these basics being out on the table, uh, we have made a roleplay reference sheet. (laughs) So it's like, guys, it's like a worksheet. <laughs> guys, guys, hey,
1: hey, you all. Hey, sorry.
0: <laughs> it's it's like a worksheet mm-hmm. that can be with your character sheet, but it's more like role play choice focused. Yeah. Um, You know, things like your motivations, your fears, mm-hmm. some like key personality traits. It's
1: like taking that section of the character sheet that... It lets you denote, like, your motivations, your goals, or, like, your flaws or alignments. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to, like, blow it up and expand it. Right. So we're going to give you spots for, like, what-if sections or um, uh, kind of, like, scenarios and... Um, different prompts for you to maybe ask with your character and there are plenty of books out there with Mm -hmm. with this kind of information as well but we thought it'd be really fun to put together a one cheater
0: yeah and i think uh we can maybe even on that i don't know how this works anyway we could put on there some like links to like Ginny d's video on like an interview with your character things like that Mm -hmm. um just to kind of give some resources also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this way, if you even have some characters that you have in your like backlog of d and d beyond mm-hmm. um, that you want to like flesh out and see if you can hash out a couple new personalities or something like that. yeah, um, this would be great.
1: Yeah, so uh, we will have. Uh, links to all of those resources we'll have a link to the reference sheet for you all and we'll be sure to like drop that in most of our social media bios if we can Um, but yeah we'd love if you used it and if you do use it like tweet us or email us or whatever and just tell us if you like it if Mm -hmm. you think we could add something to it we'd Mm -hmm. love to make like a version 2.0 if we could ever improve it totally uh yeah
0: maybe we can do a couple of like one for Prim and Laura. Oh, sure. And then, and or
1: maybe we can make brand new characters
0: oh, yeah. and then make new sheets for them, and we could, yeah, and we do can something show that. that on our social. See, so yeah, see how we use it.
1: Uh huh. I cool. think that'd be awesome.
0: So cool. <laughs> with all of those basics, though, now being out on the table, there are definitely some parts of role playing that are like hard, <laughs> and like no matter how much you practice, like, some of these things might still stick out for you as things that mm-hmm. are tough obstacles to, like, push through in right. regards to role play. Right. Um I mentioned bravery and the basics, and I think that is one of the biggest, mm-hmm. hardest obstacles is that, like, initial leap of faith uh, that I'm at a place where my table is going to be supportive of the decision I ma- decisions I make. hmm even if I don't like the decisions I make, I know I can come back and, uh, you know, alter, change, course correct, those kinds of things. Um, so my first hardest thing is that initial leap of faith and how that plays in to the choices you make.
1: It's the getting started is totally. the thing. Totally. Um, I would say that I agree with that. Um, But then I would add that one of the hardest parts of role play for me is when um, my character or characters in general get into conflict. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I don't mean like combat. I Mm -hmm, mean mm -hmm. like verbal conflict with one another.
0: Social. Uh social Uh-huh.
1: And um, it totally depends on the table you're sitting at. Um, But sometimes like characters might argue over something that like the two people in real life never would Mm -hmm. argue about Mm -hmm. and it can get heated and Uh,
0: (laughs) we had one of these relatively recently Uh, in our game
1: yeah and like there's a little bit of um there's a a type of like (laughs) disassociation i feel like you have to do and I, i i feel like when you're not when you're not a professional voice actor, like mm-hmm. Critical Role, mm-hmm. or um, you're not doing theater all the time, mm-hmm. it can be a lot harder to remember, like, hey, that that's just my friend sitting across from me, mm-hmm. and our characters are arguing. But I've been in a couple of the situations where my character starts having conflict with another one. And then I feel like my improv or my, my role-playing ability doesn't completely, completely go out the window, but I feel like the, what I practice the most are like the positive interactions oh, and the like sure. haggling with NPCs <laughs> and like that kind of stuff. And um, so I guess I would, I would say all that to say like, look for your weak spots with role-playing. Like mm. once you get further down the line, cause that can be the hard part is like only practicing one type right. of role playing and getting really comfy with it, and then realizing it's not all encompassing. It just takes practice and takes time.
0: Right. I I like wrote down keeping you separate. Oh and yes. And <laughs> that I think factors in a couple different places. Um. One in that first game when I was delusional about the fact that Tanuvial was just me, I would mm-hmm. be like, "Is this? I don't know if this is a decision Tanuvial would make." Or decision Katie would make. She got a real meta. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and like trying to figure out how to keep that separate. Sure. But then along the lines of what you were saying, you know, when we had that <laughs> heated argument <laughs> in <laughs> the Eleron campaign. Yeah. Um, surprise, Prim was a part of that, um, and I remember afterwards, I I felt very real anger yeah it within that argument mm-hmm. um prim was angry katie right. was not right but i still felt Prim's yeah and anger. it's still
1: like it still gets you jazzed totally like and jacked <laughs> and, and so
0: then having and i this is a thousand percent going to be a topic we talk about later mm-hmm. but like coming out of that mm-hmm. emotion because mm-hmm. it's not mine mm-hmm. um and being able to like keep you separate in a way that you can then still come out of that and be like, okay, I'm not the one that's angry and being at a table where you can say, hi, I'm not angry at you. Yeah. <laughs> that yes. was not an argument between us. Let's exactly. make that clear. You know, Yeah, like that exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wrote down was voices. Oh, and sure. So like critical role, they do, they do big voices. They sure do. Um, and I, sometimes in our group of friends consider myself theater adjacent because Ah. I don't do nearly the amount of shows that like you or Sam (laughs) or Grant or Annalie, like you guys all do a lot of theater yeah. and I am always adjacent to your shows, Mm -hmm. but I'm not in them. But you're ever present
1: and involved in them in other ways. Sure.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, but I don't consider myself as much of a character actor in that, like, sure. I just have a lineup of voices in my head that right. I can pull out or accents right. or, you know, like those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And there is a part of me that feels or that felt that role playing and voice acting had to be one and the same. Ah, uh, sure. And so, like, part of keeping myself separate would be giving my character a different voice Mm -hmm. and... How do I maintain and keep that voice? Yeah, absolutely. How do I find a voice that I know I can do? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I swear I say this every session. You heard me say it in the last episode. Someone will be like, do the prim voice. And I'll be like, can't. I cannot. simply cannot. And, <laughs> Until I'm sitting at that table. Right. She does not and come even, forth. Even <laughs> even at the session, as we're getting started, I'll be like, I can't find it. <laughs> and, you know, Emily we will be like, we need those lead in phrases for you. Yeah. Someone will say, like, just say, just say, cool it spring." right or something like that and i'll eventually find it and i'll slip back into her but it you've compartmentalized it very well yeah and i also (laughs) i also like a struggle as i've started to think about a backup character to prim Mm -hmm. i've started to be like what's that person's voice gonna be (laughs) and and trying to figure out that it's just like a it's a point of anxiety for me when yeah. I'm role playing is yeah, trying absolutely. to decide what that voice sounds like mm-hmm. and as far as insecurities go as far as like that initial leap of faith goes
1: mm-hmm.
0: i have moved past the initial leap of faith as far as making choices yeah and and doing scenes mm-hmm. but i am not past the initial leap of faith when it comes to i'ma do a voice now (laughs) and you're gonna listen (laughs) because i'ma sound dumb like like talking about accents sure i mean that is the aside from pitching my voice up or down Mm -hmm. that is the next layer that you can put on uh, on a voice and choosing long island medium as my prim (laughs) voice is like cool and fine but i don't know that i have another accent to use sure and um
1: everything you're describing um those are all very like fair and valid and i had never thought of it that way because Mm -hmm. i've been imitating every goddamn thing Mm -hmm. since i was too tiny (laughs) um and for me, with with choosing a voice or picking a voice, there's still that initial like, oof, can I maintain mm-hmm. this for how long? Um, if I were to compare it to my theater experience, one of the things that really helps me solidify a character is kind of when we're getting to the point of uh, costumes. Um, and not even the costume as a whole necessarily, but once I'm given the shoes for the character, mm. um, something about that experience like changes and I put the shoes on and I i'm no longer myself and i think the same i guess if if we're talking about trying to figure out partly how to like separate yourself Mm -hmm. from the character to like tag back a little bit to that um once i can find that voice if i choose to do one different Mm -hmm. from my own um i really feel like that helps helps with the separation yeah um So when you, when you do like find your lead in for like Prim's voice, Mm -hmm. I I definitely see Katie like melt away
0: (laughs) and she like, she gone. (laughs) It is a mouth. It's a mouth place. Mm -hmm. I like pull my, the side of my mouth up a little bit and like, (laughs) and you're right. We call that placement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing alongside that, you mm-hmm. me talking about putting on, like, shoes in a theater perspective. Yeah. Um, it helps me to have a visual of my character. Yeah. So, like, making... Uh, we've talked about making personality choices. Mm-hmm. But, like, even making choices about what they look like, mm-hmm. I feel like, can also help.
1: And help inform
0: um, that. Like, yeah. Prim is quite small and mm-hmm. has big hair and... Mm-hmm. Um, at one point had glasses and all of this kind of stuff. And those things helped me, A, find her voice, but mm-hmm. then B, you know, she's a small, fiery, big haired lady. Mm-hmm. Um it's and the so shoes. That, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> helping find those those choices. Mm-hmm. Um I mean from an improv perspective, remembering to yes and Ooh. um <laughs> I think that can also be tough from a role playing perspective. Oh wait, Katie. Um
1: for everyone who doesn't know, what is yes and It's like not shutting
0: it's like not shutting a scene down. Yeah, I don't know how to explain uh, it. It's not um negating sure, essentially. Right. Like if somebody comes up to you and says want to do a want to do a scene yeah. instead of being like mm, no, you're like yes. And what is that scene about? Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of a thing. Um, like, hey, do you want to go to Walmart with me later to pick out snow peas? Right. The wrong thing would be, no thanks. <laughs> uh, the right thing would be like, yes. And while we're there, can we do this, that, and the exactly. other thing? Exactly. Right. right. Um, so remembering to S yes and in the scenes themselves mm-hmm. because there is a like relational a concept of like emotional connection, like when you're up with your partner and you're like, do you think I'm pretty? (laughs) Like that's a, that's a request for an emotional connection. Like Mm -hmm. I want to feel validated. It's that if somebody comes up to you and says, um, in a character, like in a role playing setting, mm-hmm. you know, do uh, you want to go to Walmart and pick out snow peas with me. That's a <laughs> that's a request for a role playing connection, right? And so, right, negating is like, Mer.
1: yeah. And and what we aren't we aren't saying that like you can't say no to a character, right? We're more so saying yes, and in the sense that you are engaging, yeah, and that and that engagement might be like my character simply says, no, I will not be doing that and like slams the door and walks away. That is still engaging in the scene. Right. Um, but to to completely just shut down and, and not engage. When we're not saying like you have to be incredible at it no, to engage. Yeah. But yeah, just not th- ignoring
0: the other characters. Yeah, I think not yes anding in a D D campaign would look like if I Look at the DM and say, "Okay, Prim wants to have a conversation with Laura. So she's going to go up and find her and sit down next to her. Negating that scene would look like. Uh, Laura
1: actually wants to go over to this like NPC and talk to them. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Or could even look like um, looking up and saying, I don't know how to do this. So I'm just not going to. Right. Um, You know, like just. Either exiting the scene in character or refusing to participate because mm-hmm. you're nervous. Like you know, the, like I don't,
1: really. I I can't, I don't. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we've we've been in enough campaigns that we've been in um, moments where some something like that has happened, where the yeah. person's like, I can't do this, and so um, I know as a as a fellow tablemate in those situations, I. Without metagaming and without trying to lead the other character, um, I've definitely tried to ask, like, just think about your character. Think about... Like, I try to just, like, put that, that phrase out there for them. Think mm-hmm. about them. Think about what they care about. Mm-hmm. You can answer whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not we're not going to make fun of you.
0: I think if you're in a moment where you're not sure how to proceed... From a role-playing perspective, it's super fine to say, like, can I have, like, five minutes? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, can we take a break really quick and mm-hmm. let me kind of collect where I'm trying to come from and then come back into it?
1: Yeah. Just, and, like,
0: asking for that space, mm-hmm. I think, is worthwhile. And
1: I feel like... This is not me saying every table has to act like this. Mm -hmm. But I think if you are comfortable enough with your table, if you're if you're comfortable enough with your DM, that shouldn't be an issue. No, no, not at all. Yeah, it should be. We're all we're all here to tell a story together. Right. So like you
0: need 30 seconds. Cool. If you need five five minutes, minutes. Chill.
1: Sweet. Yeah. We all like process that at different speeds
0: now that's not to say like every time somebody every asks you to be time. in a
1: scene you're like can I go to the bathroom really quick? you're gonna have to
0: practice and, and get better at it slowly but right. you but would want that also yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the last thing I we I've written it da- mm. last thing I've written down is and the um... last thing that I have on my list of hard things <laughs> yeah. is thinking of scenes to have in the moment oof so like there will be there have been several times when sam or your dm says is there anything else you guys want to do before we move Mm, into the next mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. which is a big open door for you to be like scene 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 (laughs) right and there have been lots of times when that has happened where we're still stuck in that like five second bullet time blip for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. because everybody has like seven scenes they want to do um but i am not great at initiating scenes. Yeah. Of saying, like, I think Prim would go over to Laura and have this conversation. Mm. I'm not great at thinking about those scenes. I'm good at reacting to other people. Sure. But not necessarily coming up with the scene myself. I think
1: I've in in my own like practice with it, I've gotten better at initiating a scene with my character themselves. And then allowing someone to, like, enter that space. I think mm-hmm. um, our characters in our current campaign... Uh, I don't think I've even said... Oh, I've said her name um, before. But the character I'm referencing, her name is Lura Tellwin. And um, there is a scene that I initiated where Lura was really upset about something. So she, like, stormed off, slammed a door, like, went yeah. and, like, hid on a roof of a building or something. Right. And all I did to really role play and, like instigate that scene i wasn't expecting anyone to necessarily like follow my character i just wanted to give everyone that visual yeah and katie actually i mean she took that as a great opportunity to go ahead and like extend a scene and then Mm -hmm. we had a really beautiful moment like with prim and laura and Mm -hmm. i think that is also something you can do like you don't have to engage with a character every time to get something rolling if you see a moment or a feeling or something you think could be described and could be a really interesting thing to just let the table know Mm -hmm. that could absolutely like spark more of a scene
0: something that sam does and i've also i think i've heard brennan lee mulligan do this more than matt mercer per se but they describe it like we're watching a movie oh yeah um and so he'll say like the camera pans (laughs) you know like that kind of a thing and so if you can think of it like that Mm -hmm. and like, what would the audience see your character storming off or like, what does your, what does the audience see on prims face right now? Mm -hmm. So like it could, it doesn't have to be an active dialogue filled scene with someone, but it could be like, yeah. And in this moment, like you see prim have a single tear, you know, like that I there was the, it was the same instance Mm. when we realized that Valen had left. Mm. This is what the part in our game kind of that's surrounding these moments where Lura got really upset and Prim went and followed her. This is a part in our game where uh, TJ, Soren's husband's character, left the party for a little bit. An emotional moment, mm-hmm. uh, Laura being close to that character, um did the big storm off and upset. And in this particular campaign, Prim is old and has (laughs) gone through a pretty significant war in which she lost her best friend Mm -hmm. and her like romantic interest from that point in time. And so once it came to fruition that Valen had left, um, Laura had the explode kind of emotional reaction. And Prim, I remember explaining this in contrast that like Prim just like, like cracked her cup or something like that. Like she. Oh, she chucked it, I think. She like threw her cup in like an explosion, yeah. had like a single tear, and that was it. And like just. <laughs> just kind of like. Did like a little. Anyway, and then followed Lura upstairs yeah. and did the like bringing the group back together, even right. though we're upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so those make for really interesting story beats. Yeah. That don't even have to be large dialogue filled scenes.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you can use some of your favorite either TV shows, animated shows or movies yeah. and think of those favorite scenes that you've had where a character had a really like impactful moment for you. You can utilize that in role playing. That is 100% role-playing, and I think it can add so much more depth to your character and to your play experience, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's totally cool, like, if you're like, I can't think of that on the spot, it's like, dude, type some out, like, ahead of time for Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Like, think of those different scenes you might want to drop in, and then maybe while you're playing, it's like, oh, I could drop in, like, that description right now. Right. Yeah, I think I love that shit.
0: (laughs) I I think that I've started to utilize and I'm not great at keeping up with it. But sometimes I'll do like a prims journal after a mm -hmm. session where I pretend like if she were going to bed after that session, what would she write about and what would she say? Mm -hmm. Um, So if I mean, that is. When you're already sitting at a four hour long session, that can be hard to like also handle um, or commit to. Right. So I understand that is not for everyone. But if that's Mm -hmm. if that kind of character study where you're like, I want to know more about what this character would be thinking Mm -hmm. or uh, I'm struggling to know how to make decisions as Mm -hmm. this character that could be helpful is just like after your session do like a five minute sit down where you like reflect on what happened and write in a diary like a Mm -hmm. metaphorical diary about Mm -hmm. what your character took away from what happened that day yeah I Um, think that's
1: a great way to reflect on your session too so even if it's like The five minutes after your session is over, like if you can just like stay at
0: the table and and do a quick one of those journal entries. Yeah. And I also sometimes will put that directly in my session notes. Oh, sure. If there is a thing that happens to Prim that she feels a certain way about, but it doesn't feel right to stop and like make a story beat out of it. Sure. I might write down a thing like Prim hates this or (laughs) Prim is missed Uh, untrustful of this NPC or something like that like it doesn't always have to be out loud role playing even you can Mm -hmm. like put some notes down of thoughts you have Mm -hmm. um, that maybe inform your decisions later yeah or inform your role play later yeah absolutely the thing though about role playing it's not all like we just talked about things that we think are really hard and we talked
1: about some good stuff too uh, though yeah and and
0: they are hard and that, that they don't they aren't It doesn't, I don't want to minimize any of that, Mm -hmm. but the payoff, you guys, (laughs) like if we were to talk about the best of role play, like all of those things being considered, the leap of faith, trying to find a voice, Mm -hmm. keeping yourself separate, Mm -hmm. like all of those things, but it's like. The moments that stick, though, <laughs> you know?
1: Well, and yeah, I mean, I guess I said we had talked about some good things, too, because we ended up talking about that moment, like, with Laura and mm-hmm. and Prim, which um, doing, like, getting to a point where you can do that, that is, that is the hard part. That is, like, a little bit of the journey, but the—actually um, getting to that scene and interacting in that way, like, the absolute, like, adrenaline rush— <gasps> that like can come with a scene like that is so it is. And it's like, it's very exhilarating. It's very fun. Um, and it can be such a confidence booster to keep doing it. Um, it can be adrenaline can be a very rewarding hormone. Um, (laughs) but, uh, and I mean, there have been plenty of times, I guess I should say, like if you if you do it well and you're proud of yourself, like there's absolutely that adrenaline rush sometimes it doesn't always go that well. But like we said, keep practicing. Right. Um, so when you do get that payoff, it is it, it's so exciting and
0: it it really is like a high yeah. of sorts. It's definitely a muscle, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's a it's something that requires practice. And that you can get stronger at. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, that first game when I had that uh, I insist role-playing moment, Mm -hmm. um, I would not consider myself, like... A role-playing expert mm-hmm. and at that point in time especially i did not feel like i was good at role-playing right but it took that one moment of me recalling a thing that sam had said once before mm-hmm. that fit for this moment and then using it as a leverage as a catalyst for my own character's growth mm-hmm. I, like when I talked about it last time as being this, like, very visceral, like, body feeling, like, it is. I Like, it felt like my heart rate increased Mm -hmm. and I, like, got kind of tingly and excited and, Mm -hmm. like, all that kind of stuff. So, like, totally, totally is cool and gives you a new, like, tool belt of things to use in real life. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, all things aside as, like, just like cool game moments um i think this would make a cool episode at some point too but like real life applicable um things you can use and grow from by playing dungeons and dragons yeah absolutely um i think one of the best things about role-playing is that like actual stuff you get to have now because you chose to take this leap of faith and work through all of those obstacles and Mm -hmm. try these new things, now you have this cool tool belt of things that you get to use in real life Mm -hmm. that people who are too scared or don't know or haven't been introduced to this Mm -hmm. uh, cool thing we call Dungeons and Dragons, (laughs) um, they don't have. Yeah. absolutely i mean i say similar things about like dance and stuff like that about you know dance teaches well dance but from dance you get discipline you get work ethic you get you know like all of Mm -hmm. these like subset skills that you don't initially think of when signing up your child to take ballet Mm -hmm. same thing dungeons and dragons like you go in and at face value, you're like, I'm gonna play a game. I'm gonna roll some dice, and then you leave with this subset of skills. You gain that some you very didn't valuable have. skills
1: from that, yeah. Totally. And like to that same extent, like with theater, you gain like uh, like team building. Mm-hmm. You also gain like a discipline. Right. You gain like memorization, right. And lots and lots of those skills. So, I think yes, D and D is one in the same mm-hmm. of that kind of uh, play style format platform. Yeah that that is one of my favorite favorite things about dnd is we, we've already touched on it it's just the the adrenaline rush and the high and the excitement of all of this hard work that i've put into it all of these skills that i've built up it all just paid off in that moment right and Ooh. you can continue to have those moments
0: mm-hmm. if you just keep up with it keep doing it right mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, it's the like thing we've been talking about since episode one of like this collaborative storytelling. Mm-hmm. At the end of a campaign, and campaigns can take anywhere from a few months to several years.
1: Yeah. And sometimes they can take like a
0: week if they're like a yeah, sure. really small. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the end of that campaign, you have contributed to a larger overarching story that said any number of things mm-hmm. you know I saw like somebody tweeted like a main oh, I'm gonna forget it now that I'm trying to recall it for <laughs> a larger audience but like <laughs> it, it was like campaign one what our heroes really campaign two. oh sure how do you be yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: campaign three what does it mean to be alive yeah. you know like those kinds of things like these are these huge, huge themes yeah and that you created a story around mm-hmm. with friends mm-hmm. and i think i said in the first episode that like dnd is this like weird mix of therapy and screenplay writing <laughs> yeah, yeah and like I don't think any of our group considers ourselves to be these, like, prolific storytellers. (laughs) But at the end of the day, we are, though. I was like, hey, watch it. Like, and that's the cool thing. And, like, we... (laughs) I'm not saying we're nobodies, but like we're kind of like we're just people in Nebraska doing our thing. And some of us are teachers and some of us are event planners and some of us are actuaries looking at you. Like some of it, you know, like we're all just like these very normal jobs. Yes. But we're also like prolific storytellers. Yeah.
1: And at um, I guess that makes me think of like it's carrying on the tradition of being human. Mm-hmm. And like, what are we if not? like we are we are grown and we are created through the mountain of our like through the communities and 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 mountains of our forebears and our our people who've come before us and told us stories and and the the way that we grow we learn things we do anything Mm -hmm. is is through teaching others and telling stories and where do you think all of those like folk folk and fairy tales and all those different stories passed down like come totally. from and what they've done for society that's what we get
0: to do well and it's like i mean <laughs> critical role ran this really successful back kickstarter for their uh animated series animated series of their first campaign yeah and the reason they have a hundred percent rotten tomatoes and were greenlit for a season two yeah and or a season three before season two even came out (laughs) right? like it's because these stories are interesting yeah worth seeing and they started as a home game Mm -hmm. and just happened to you know catch lightning in a bottle and got to make this cool big company out of something that they started in their living room or dining room table Mm -hmm. um thousands of people are doing that across the country at their home games. Yeah, and we
1: should all be so fortunate like to be able to create those stories together. Like that right. accessibility is available to everyone yep. who wants to play D&D. Like we're not all going to have our campaigns animated potentially. Right. Um but we still have the ability to make stories just as impactful mm-hmm.
0: as as them. And impactful in such different ways mm-hmm. because what is impactful to Matt Mercer isn't always going to be impactful to you, but right, then correct. you have the opportunity to make the story that you want to see mm-hmm. uh, at your table. And I just. Uh, the,
1: uh, <laughs> She's getting jazzed. Uh,
0: the, like, I don't know, like it's teaching empathy, it's teaching, you know, uh, compassion, it's mm-hmm. teaching. Uh, such cool things Mm -hmm. and it's and it's by stepping foot in somebody else's shoes for four hours every night Mm -hmm. the the lessons that primrose bristle thistle has taught me in the last like year is something i couldn't have gotten just booping around going to my job (laughs) from nine to five and coming home you know what i mean (laughs) like it's, it's a very specific thing that you're taught and if you can Allow yourself to take the leap of faith, to be brave, to make choices. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have a table that is welcoming and helpful, your life shall be forever changed.
1: You can make shit like that, too.
0: Right. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) And I hope you do. And I hope that this has been helpful to you all. I hope that I hope a lot of things. Okay. Um, (laughs) I hope I get to have candy after we finish this recording, but I really do hope that this emboldens you more than it discourages you. I hope that it gives you maybe even just a, an ounce of that little bit of bravery we said is necessary Mm -hmm. to, to go ahead and try the thing. Um, go ahead check out our show notes and please 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 like use the cool printable Mm -hmm. that we're making for you Mm -hmm. um and yeah just get out there and do the thing and and don't be scared i mean it's it's completely valid and fair to be scared but don't stay scared and
0: (laughs) hit us up if you have more questions like we want to hear from you we'll say this later in our outro but like we have avenues for you to contact us so like Hit us up and if you have a specific thing you'd like to hear us talk about or if you're just like, what about this? I don't know how to handle this. Like, we want to help. So come
1: come find us on anywhere. Right. (laughs) Well, that's it for us this week. Thanks for spending time with us today. And thanks to Noah Trumbull for the use of our theme song. There's a link to his Instagram in the episode description below. So be sure to give him a follow and stay up to date on his band and music.
0: And if you're enjoying the show, there are a few things that we would absolutely love if you do. First, you can leave us on a review on wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews help others find us. Uh, second, follow us wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get to our new episodes easier. And then lastly, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter or all three if you're feeling it uh, to see what we're up to and be the first to know when an episode drops. We're going to hope to put some, you know, those uh, resources that we're making uh, and do some community chats and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you're following us All over.
1: Yeah. And we also want to hear from you. So if something came up today and today's conversation, just like we were talking about earlier, um, you know, give us a holler. Um, Did you have a topic that you'd rather um, hear about? Next time, or rather, hear us talk about next time, Um, or do you just want to say hi? Uh, Because we we love that. Uh, Just go ahead and email us at chromaroses at gmail.com and we'll do our best to respond as quickly as as quickly
0: as
1: quickly as we can. That's c h r o m a r o s e s at gmail dot (sighs) com. We can't wait to hear from you.
0: This has been Chromatic Roses. I'm Katie. And I'm Soren. Mommy, those hoppies.